1: Years ago, when I lived in Los Angeles, I worked in the customer service department at a high-end retail store in Beverly Hills. The store had a playlist that featured a beautiful salsa jam by Ruben Blades. As soon as I heard it, I knew it was time to dance. So I would rush out to the extension bridge on the second floor where a colleague from Women's Running Apparel would meet me and we would salsa until the song was through. Whatever mood I was in, dancing always took me out of it. That's what partner dancing can do. So where can you find your opportunity to partner dance around town? That's coming up later this hour. But first, we're heading into Juneteenth weekend, and there's no excuse not to celebrate when we've got a whole list of events, not just in Nashville, but all over Middle Tennessee, posted at WPLN.org. Now, WPLN's digital editor, Rachel Iacovone, compiled 40 items and counting, and she joins us now to walk us through what we can expect this weekend. Hey, Rachel. Hey, Khalil. How's it going?
0: Good. How about for you?
1: I'm doing well. I'm excited about this weekend. So, you know, let's start with the can't miss events on the list. What are they?
0: Oh, okay. When you say can't miss, it's a little hard. (laughs) Um, How about I highlight the big name ones to start? So there's Nashville's official event, Juneteenth 615. That one's at Fort Negley Park again this year. And this one's definitely a family-friendly celebration. It's got live entertainment, food trucks, and vendors. There's, of course, an official proclamation ceremony with Mayor John Cooper. But the big thing is the closer, the big fireworks display at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. And the real perk is that it's also free. Okay. So, um, but also in, in Clarksville as well, there's the city's official parade and festival that'll feature over... 60 black owned businesses and organizations and the other fun stuff too like food and music and that one's also free
1: sprinkle free on something and it makes it even better so now for any listener who really may not be aware juneteenth is now a federal holiday but it's also recognized in tennessee rachel remind our listeners when did that come to be
0: Well, surprisingly, before it did on the national level, Uh, Governor Bill Lee signed a proclamation recognizing Juneteenth for the first time in 2020. So in the middle of the racial justice protests of that summer, and it was a largely white crowd at War Memorial Plaza when he did. At that time, Lee said it was a good time for progress and education about race in Tennessee. But since then, the governor has signed legislation banning public schools from teaching about privilege and racial inequality. And a 2022 law allows parents to review and challenge school curriculum materials, which was a direct response to conservative criticism of how race and history are taught in schools.
1: So like the holiday itself, there's a tough history there.
0: Yeah, I mean, some of the events get at that, too. There's one in particular that comes to mind, the Traveler's Rest Historic House Museum in Creep Hall. They're hosting these special guided grounds tours. It's a 45-minute walkthrough led by their director of interpretation, Chad Burgess, and will focus on the lives of those who were enslaved at the property and those who lived and worked there post-emancipation. From my understanding, though, Khalil... You're actually involved with one of those events that digs into the history more.
1: Yes, that one's coming up tomorrow, actually.
0: Okay, so can I give a, a brief plug here for you? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know. I didn't find out from you. It was in my research. I was like, hey, I know that name. Uh, so <laughs> this is a panel, a celebration and reception to Save the Morris Memorial Building downtown. The 1926 building was named for Elijah Camp Morris, who was the National Baptist Convention's first president. He was born enslaved in Georgia, but he studied at Nashville Normal and Theological Institute. The buildings housed a lot over the last century. Just to name a few, there is the Baptist Sunday School Publishing Board, McKissick and McKissick, uh, Citizen Savings Bank and Trust Company, etc. So the proceeds of the event you're moderating at the National Museum of African American Music will go toward creating an African American and civil rights museum in the building. So tickets were still available as of last night for $15 each.
1: Yes, it's going to be a great time featuring Dr. LaRotha Williams, Daryl McKissick, Councilmember Sandra Sepulveda and Betsy Phillips. I cannot wait for that conversation. So, you know, we've been talking a lot about Nashville's Juneteenth events, but your map, it gets well outside Davidson County. What will folks find outside of the Nashville area this weekend?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's really cool to be able to include places like Lewisburg this year. If you don't have a map handy, Lewisburg is straight south of Nashville, but you keep going and going. <laughs> it's even further down than Columbia and Shelbyville. So uh, anyways, there there's a Mr. and Miss Juneteenth pageant being held there tomorrow, and it's open to children from one years old to seniors in high school. But also in the complete opposite direction, there is a community fest at Ruby's Happy Farm in Cross Plains. It includes a kid's zone, live music food vendors and an educational lecture by farming experts. It just looked fun. You know, a lot Mm -hmm. of these events had me smiling to myself, just reading the descriptions.
1: So this is WPLN's third year compiling a list like this. What events really stood out to you this year?
0: Actually, yeah, okay. There were there were a couple that I have to mention because they were so unique. Uh, the Middle Tennessee Black Gun Club is hosting their Juneteenth event at a Nashville range. You have to register to get the location from organizers or I'd tell you, but that one's certainly unique. Also, you know, I have to mention food. We have to mention food. Yes, food. (laughs) There's a restaurant week happening now through Sunday at like 20 black-owned food places in Nashville. Some are offering discounts, others special dishes you can only get for the holiday. Either way, I'm fighting the urge to eat my way through the list myself (laughs) this weekend. And okay, last but definitely not least, next week, so past the holiday a little bit, uh, Nearest Green Distillery is hosting a tour for Juneteenth. They're named after the first African-American American master distiller. So this tour is to teach attendees about the history of whiskey making and the contributions of African-Americans in the industry.
1: That is WPLN digital editor, Rachel Iacovone. You can find the link to her Juneteenth guide in today's episode post at thisisnashville.org. Rachel, thanks for this roundup. Thanks for being here and have fun this weekend.
0: Thanks for having me, Cleo.
1: We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll take you out to Centennial Park for a big band dance night. Do you partner dance? What's your favorite style? Tweet us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. Khalil E. Colonna, and this is Nashville. Just about every Saturday night during the summer, there's a special gathering at Centennial Park under the roof of the events shelter. On a big slab of concrete, donned with colorful Japanese lanterns, Nashvilleians come together to dance. It's called big B- the Big Band Dance, and we sent our producers, Magnolia McKay and Elizabeth Burton, to check it out.
2: Gentlemen and leaders over here, followers and
3: ladies over here.
4: Dance instructor Mark Wagner kicks things off with the single time swing.
3: So first off, we're going to learn the movement. So leaders with your
1: left foot, followers with your right foot, take one step to your side. This is side.
3: Now go back the other way, side. Do that again, side, side.
4: After about half an hour of a lesson, Merchants of Cool, a big band, starts playing, and the dancers are on their own. They pour onto the floor from all sides, leaving their picnic tables and camp chairs on the lawn. While some of the dancers are new, some have been at it for much longer like Natalie Stone and Scott Hutchinson, who've been coming for about 10 years. I mean,
0: it's always been pretty popular. Yeah. You know, I think we see a similar thing what we're seeing now, which is like a really nice range of ages and just like diversity of people that are, you know, kind of like everyone's coming to have a good time, and it's just, you know, pretty casual. So I don't know if you think it's changed.
5: I think the thing that's interesting to me is it's it's pretty consistently brought in a younger crowd than I expect. Um, And I'm kind of pleasantly surprised we haven't been in the last couple of years. And to come back and see that there's still a ton of young people here is pretty interesting. You know, I mean, when we started coming, we were in our late 20s, early 30s. And, you know, now we're the old fogies, so. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Big
4: band dance draws more than just dancers. A lot of folks come out to enjoy from the sidelines, get something tasty from the food trucks, and let the kids draw with sidewalk chalk. I can't leave without saying hello to one man sitting near the band with an adorable puppy.
3: This is Bentley, he's a Cavalier King Charles, and he and I
1: came because his mom, Deb is playing the piano tonight so they're performing we're from Columbia and so this
2: is our new buddy he's about eight months old and uh, we're just here having fun.
1: Now, I'd like to introduce one dancer who was there that night, Ron Jones, aka Ron D. Yeah. Welcome to This is Nashville. Thank you, thank you. Hey, thanks for being here, man. Absolutely. So, you know, the event at the park sounds like a really good time.
3: Mm-hmm. When did you first start going to Big Band Dance Night? 2007. Uh, me and my dance crew, we would dance at Centennial Park. We heard some music, and we, you know, we are break dancers, like Popper Locker, Popper's Lockers and break dancers. So we went over there and, and joined the fun. But um, as far as a partner dancer, I started going there. About seven, eight years ago. So, what's kept you coming out every year since? I, I love the joy of dance. Period. You know, the music is there. Everybody's, you know, in in um, in agreement with each other mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, getting back to the human thing, I'm I'm all about the human thing because I'm a neighborhood guy and I love to be a part of neighborhood experiences. So, the lesson that night was swing. What do you enjoy about swing dancing? I just the communication. That's it, you know, it's like the nonverbal communication and the connection that we all have with each other, you know, and it's nonverbal and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's just being in sync with people, you know, and some people think they're separated, but the music is out just like the sun is out. The sun's for everybody and the music is out for everybody as well. Talk to me about that connection. Is it something that you sense in their eyes, the way your dance partner moves? Yeah, well, with me, so I'm I'm not a traditional swing guy, right? I'm, I'm from Chicago. I do a little disco, a little Chicago step, very little bit of salsa, very little bit of swing. But I have my own style, and my own style is connected to my basketball abilities. So I'm, I'm from Chicago, and I play basketball in Switzerland. So I actually use a lot of my basketball footwork. And what happened was I would go to these places, and you'd see a lot of dance circles separate. So you have the salsa people over here, the swing people over here. You have all these different components separated. So in, at Motown Money, in particular, I started dancing with everybody in the building and kind of brought it together. And now I now I can understand just how, how to have the conversation with anybody for any reason, on any level. So you talk about dance as a conversation, I really like that. So mm-hmm. tell me, when did you first learn to swing dance? Uh, probably about, well, so I'm a street performer. 19 years last Saturday, I just celebrated 19 years of street performing in the city. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank, thank you, thank you. And what happened was a lot of actually drunk women will, will come up to me wanting to dance, right? Okay. So me being a star show, I'm a moonwalker, pop locker guy mostly, and I didn't want to be a spoiler sport because everybody's looking at me. I got the referee outfit on. I got the whistle in my, in my mouth. So I had to make sure I, I didn't want to be a spoiler sport, just be, you know, just be complimentary to the tourists and stuff like that. But slowly but surely, I end up loving it, loving it, loving it, because we couldn't street perform during the wintertime. So I would go to the bars just to hear what music is hitting. So I would use that on my street show. And then I would be there, be present, and women would women want to dance, and then, it went from there.
1: All right. Like seven, eight years ago. All right. Now let's bring in another swing dancer, Lisa Benich, aka Lisa Lavolta. Welcome to This Is Nashville.
6: Hey, I'm Liza.
1: So 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 Liza, tell me how did pardon me, it's Liza, I'm sorry about that. So mm-hmm. how how did you first get into swing dancing?
6: So I came in backwards. I like tripped and fell into it. I actually um was breakdancing and I had a friend who was part of that community, not Rondi. <laughs> Although we have seen each other there as well, um, who I think I have to ask him why he felt like I would like swing dancing. It could be because of just my visual style. But he was like, I really think you should come out to swing dancing because he was part of both communities. Um, And I went one night to swing dance Nashville and just saw all the amazing outfits everyone was smiling no one was on their phone everyone was connecting like ron's saying it's a conversation all different ages all different backgrounds and i was hooked i was like i want to do what they're doing and i want to do it well
1: now what is it what is it about this connection apparently we've yeah. discovered between break dancing and swing dancing is it the acrobatic nature of both dances
6: It can be, although, so we call them aerials in swing dance. That definitely helps if you have some uh, flipping ability. I did gymnastics in my past, so I'm able to draw from that. But a lot of the footwork is surprisingly similar. It's just restyled to a swung beat. And if you go back to um, Al Mims and some of the older solo jazz and really watch the old tapes, they do floor work. And it looks very similar to breaking. Everything's kind of come out of and grown out of solo jazz. So Mm -hmm. there's a surprising amount of crossover.
1: All right. So tell me, what is it about swing dancing that generates fun and excitement? Uh,
6: What? It's easier to answer like the opposite question because there's not like there's nothing (laughs) that I can think of that isn't fun about it. Um, I think it's a very sweet community. The music's really heartwarming. The jazz, Something about the jazz era is just, I don't know, it's heartwarming. That's the best way I can put it. And it kind of sets the tone for how everyone interacts. It's just very sweet. It's hard to articulate in any other words than that. I would say it's rare. In a way, it takes me back to childhood where things are just really simple. You can just hang out in the sandbox. hey. Hey. Mm-hmm. You're my friend. You're my friend. And, you know, it's not complicated.
1: You can kind of just be yourself. Yeah. Now, we were talking about the connection between breakdancing and, and swing dancing. And cause it can look a little bit intimidating. Mm-hmm. There's flips and turns. Yeah. What are some of the moves incorporated into swing dancing? And how hard are they to pull off?
6: Okay. Um. So there are different veins of swing dancing. And I really there are different types of swing dancers as well. And I really feel like swing dance is for everyone. So you can come and you can just have fun with your friends. You can play around. You can meet new people. You can laugh. Um, you can learn the basic step, which is a rock step, triple step, triple step. If you can do that, you can do that all night and just have a hand to hand connection and you're good to go. Um People that want to continue in the dance and move into flips, move into more complicated footwork, move into some of the innovation and some of the other styles of swing dance being Balboa, Collegiate Shag, um, they can do that as well. So there's an opportunity for all different kinds of people to connect and right, to move
1: forward. So take me out to the dance floor with you. Okay. You know, describe to me what it's like to be on the floor in the zone doing your thing.
6: Yeah. So I'm a musician and I love music and I just, I love music so much, like making music and singing music isn't enough. I almost like want to climb inside the music and live in the music. So dance really embodies that for me. Um, And having dance is such a gift because it just helped me express and be closer to the music. So being on the dance floor for me, is uh, watching my friends looking over, watching everybody laugh, have these amazing interactions. They're just cute and sweet. It's being swept up by the music. It's uh, tripping over my feet sometimes and falling on (laughs) someone then laughing about it and being like, ah, (laughs) just continuing to go. I mean, it's all things. It's just a lot of fun, most of all.
1: So it's safe to say that you're an enthusiast.
6: Very much. (laughs)
1: Okay, so tell us, where did this particular style of partner dancing where did where did swing dancing originate
6: yeah swing dancing originated in the 1920s and it continued into the 40s um and some of the founders were really in harlem it was a social dance style uh and it just kind of evolved from there it had a re-up in the late 90s early 2000s where it was thrust um back into the scene you can also see it in a lot of silver screen pictures hell's a poppin there's some amazing swing dancing going on in that movie and yeah
1: so what about the fashion like what type of fashion accompanies swing dancing
6: era fashion so you can dress (laughs) you can dress any any style by the way so don't anyone feel confined to these i've shown up like full-blown 80s before but okay um (laughs) There's 20 style Charleston, which is that flapper style that'll fly. There's the traditional like 50s rockabilly with the big floofy skirts and um, the pin curled hair. You could go 60s. (laughs) There's just everything.
1: So is there anything that people should not wear out there?
6: Yeah, I would recommend not wearing shoes that stick to the floor. So uh, your running shoes, which are built so you don't fall and slide, those are actually going to impede your progress when you're swing dancing because if someone tries to turn you or spin you, you're going to stick to the floor, and that's going to hurt your joints. Mm. So I prefer pretty slick bottom shoes. I would say mild to moderately slick when you're starting because you do still want to be able to put the brakes on. But I love shoes where someone can just drag me across the floor, really.
1: Okay, So, but if you're going to wear pants, make sure that they're kind of loose and stretchy.
6: Uh, Yeah, stretchy pants are great. You definitely don't want to rip your pants on the floor. I've seen that before. I mean, that could be a whole thing, though, so maybe you do. I, I mean.
1: <laughs> so, so, Ron, I understand that swing is just one of your specialties when it comes to partner
3: dancing, what other styles do you enjoy? Well, I, I like, I enjoy as far as, as far as like partner dancing? Yeah. Uh, it's probably disco. I'm a disco maniac. And, you know, I grew up in Chicago, so we had house music, which is kind of derivative of disco. And so I love fast moving things. I love the flow, the constant flow of dance, constant work, similar to basketball. Basketball is a game of spurts. So it's kind of the same thing. Uh, it's just like, so I, I kind of do like basketball moves, like I was... I'll take I'll take a woman, swing her out, grab her race, put her behind my back just like a basketball, like that. So uh, just so just a lot of my 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 particular show is verbal, nonverbal comedic theater. Dance, comedy, mime and improv. So I love the improv and the feel of dance. Mm-hmm. So if you if you say, take me on a take me on a journey in the dance floor with you, we just walking, but we're walking and we talking while we walking. So when I teach, I teach people how to learn how to put themselves inside the dance. So I teach you how to learn how to be yourself within the dance so you can figure out what the music means to you. So when you're talking disco dance, I remember, I'm of that age, I remember people doing the hustle. Yes. you yes. out there doing the hustle. hundred thousand percent. People look at me like, Ron, what are you doing? Everything. Everything. Every, and anything I can think of. And trying to improv my way out of the matrix of the world. I think that song, The Hustle, is going to be in my head for the rest of the day. I'm down for it. Now, you know, some
1: dance styles, people, you know, they take the basic moves and they add their own flair to them. Mm -hmm. You were just giving us a description of that. You take basketball moves and add that flair. Have you ever taken uh, basically combinations of these different dance styles Mm -hmm. And come up with something.
3: Yeah, so if you see my style, like especially if I do plaza mariachi, like Nicole, she's you know my, my thing is to be present. Whatever whatever needs to whatever I do, whatever I need to do to be present as present as possible, I'm going to do it. Uh, nothing too out of the reach, but it's going to be within rhythm. Similar to how me and Nicole first met, this is going to be a good transition because Nicole, you remember how we first met. Somewhere. No, we were at a Waffle House. She, we had oh, a mutual friend, funny. and I got into a dance battle inside the Waffle House. Right? We <laughs> oh, just yeah. So it's all about making sure that um, no matter where we are, you know, we're going to make sure we make a, 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 a definitely an experience out of it. Okay, my next guest is
1: a master of the other another style that's offered in town, and that's salsa. Nicole <laughs> Ahima, welcome to This is Nashville. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. It's so great to have you. So let, let's start with the origins of salsa dancing where does this style come
2: from, Nicole? Ooh, that's a battle. I don't want to be the one to say it, but I'm going to tell you what my learning has been. So, Saul says, is- Actually, from my understanding, from New York, <laughs> which a lot of people are surprised by, uh, Cubans, Puerto Ricans, Colombians will fight over the origins of it. The origins, the base dances that make up salsa did come from there. Son, danzon, all of those styles of dances, but they traveled in a great migration up to New York, mixed with swing, hustle of the time, and then salsa was created from there.
1: Salsa came from yeah. there. You know, I remember in 2009, I was in New York City for the Puerto Rican Day Parade, oh, and it was that just, just happened recently. Actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people were all over town. And I just saw an elderly man who was dancing by himself. Mm-hmm. He just looked so smooth. I just yeah. went up to him. I said, sir, I want to be you when I grow
2: yes, up. Yes. They have so much, so much sabor, so much flavor when they dance. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, so, you know, salsa, it's a combination
1: of a lot of different styles. Yes. Tell, tell me, what does it feel like for you to be out on the floor dancing to the music?
2: Uh, it's like church. I feel swept away by the music. Like she said, it's the sandbox where you can just go out, put your hand out and be like, we're going to dance together and have a good time. You're making, you're creating, you're co-creating together. It just feels, I feel so connected to something else. I feel so connected to the music, to the person that I'm dancing with. And you were talking about connection and what do we mean by that? And it's just, that's, that's what it is. You're You're so connected to yourself and everything around you. It just feels like heaven.
1: If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Khalil Colona. We're talking this hour about partner dancing in our city. Tweet us your favorite partner dance at This Is Nashville. So, you're an instructor. I am. What motivated you to become a salsa instructor?
2: Um, I felt, so my background is in modern and contemporary from MTSU. And so I had taken pedagogy classes on how to teach. And then eventually when I started dancing salsa, I felt like there was more to be offered in the way of expressing technique and building fundamentals for students. And so I decided maybe with a little bit too much ego that I deserved to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. And so I was going to start teaching and, you know, you learn a lot along the way teaching. There were not so great moments. And now I've like finally found my groove and I love it. I love teaching people. I love sharing my passion with people and they pick it up and I see the light bulbs and I see them out dancing and just living their best life. And I love it.
1: I mean, you really do love it. You're teaching all around town. You teach at Plaza Mariachi, Pearl Diver, Rhythm and Spice. It seems clear that there's a big salsa community here in Nashville. What does that community mean to you?
2: That community is my family. That's what they mean to me. <laughs> I it's like full of you know people that I came in with. It's full of my students who I consider to be my babies. I can I tell anybody who takes class with me, once you're forever my student. If you ever have a question, please contact me. And so they have direct access to me at any time with any question, and I just I love them. The community is everything that supports. Why salsa even exists in Nashville, if it wasn't for the community, there would be that there, there, it wouldn't exist. There would be no point. So it's it's them. That's why we're here.
1: Have any of your students ever gone on to raise to like a Dancing with the Stars level of ability?
2: No I Ability Probably yes But have they wanted To do Dancing with the Stars No But <laughs> <laughs> um, A lot of the people That dance salsa In Nashville We're not We don't do competitive Dancing actually So I do have a background In competitive ballroom For a little bit But I, I The people in the community Dance it Because they love it And they're having A good time Sharing space With other people And it's They've had a long day At work And this is the place Where they go To decompress And so A lot of them Don't want to make it Competitive They want it to be Something that continues to be social and fun and lighthearted, and yeah, they want to work on their skill. But a lot of the times, it's not something that they compete in. If any of them want to compete, they need to let me know because I'm ready. Let's go. Hey,
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, now, Ron D, you, I mean, salsa is in your toolbox of dance skills as well. What, what makes salsa different? From the other forms of color dance.
3: Well, uh, salsa is a, is a very small part of what I do. I have a joke with the, with my salsa family. They I, they say, Ron, do you do salsa? I said, no, I do sour cream. I'm right next to the salsa. I'm right next to the salsa because <laughs> I'm, right I'm, I'm just whipping it up. But I, but, I, but I I love the music so I can translate to anything. Like, I'm going to just figure it out. Like, I can dance with a salsa dancer, it won't be specifically perfect. But I, I guarantee you it'd be, still be seamless because what I try to do is I try to download what the woman wants to do. Try, You know, with, with her hands, it's just like driving a car, just like a steering wheel. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just trying to download what the woman wants to do. And you have lead and follows, but it's just... I just, I, I dance so seamlessly, I just try to make it, I try not to make it a tug of war. Mm. Yes. I mean, That's so cute. no matter what it is, I'm just light handed, make sure your elbows and shoulders are loose so we can really communicate, you know? And so Salsa, is beautiful. I love the music mostly. If I'm not in love with the music, I'm not dancing. Mm-hmm. Now Liza, Rondi was just talking about that partnership, mm-hmm. you know, the leader and
1: the follower and that communication. How important is that in swing?
6: Super important. Uh, just so that you can have the lightheartedness that was mentioned earlier. because And also for safety, like if you're being yanked wrong or you're not, it's like two people talking over each other. Mm-hmm. You're not going to hear each other. If you're being yanked and, and you're not receiving the message and the follow is like, ooh, I want to go this way or I don't feel comfortable with that or I'm not sure What you're communicating to Mm -hmm. me, you're not gonna hear each other. So it's really important to build the foundational connection. And what's cool about that in all partner dances is once you really understand that, you can transfer it to other partner dances. And you can, like Ron said, dance with a salsa dancer or dance with a different kind of dancer because you understand the connection.
1: Hearing you all talk about this, it's like you're using all of your senses when yes. you're out there on mm-hmm. the dance floor, 100%. not just your mobility and your ears. Yeah. It's like your entire being. And so you guys dance and you dance a lot. I want to know how many nights a week? You all are out
3: there dancing. Rondi, how many nights are you out there? Six. Six (laughs) Six nights a (laughs) week. What I do is when I teach, right? I teach, first of all, when I teach, I make sure that they're using their imagination. So when I looked at, uh, different breakdancers and different movies. I looked at not only the dancing, but the setting of joy that they create in the background. So what I do is I try to create the ba- the, uh, the setting of joy no matter where I go, no matter if it's Robert's Western World, the American Legion Plaza Mariachi, or you know Bourbon Street Blues Bar. Those are the, those are my favorite places to go. But I just make sure I live in the setting of joy and and, and challenge people to use their imagination. So I, I teach people how to dance. I do it at Centennial Park. I do it anywhere. And then I take them on dance adventures. So we go bar hopping so they can activate. You know activate what they what they want to know whatever they want to do and also so they can learn how to negotiate space on the floor because mm. it gets really Cry- it gets really serious you got to th- like you need to be right there or you need to be right there because we trying to make sure we don't get elbowed i got a blackout one day and I never, let me tell you something. I, I, <laughs> a I, black eye, that's one thing. Yeah. I'm used to, I, I couldn't understand like maybe a, a stepped on foot or toe, no, 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 but no. a black eye. Let me tell you, so so now I'm like 360, so I'm dancing with a woman. I'm looking like Bruce Lee, like c- c- walking into a building. Like I dance with a woman, I'm getting her to a spot. I'm making sure, because you know, people have a lot of elbows everywhere. Yeah. So you got uh-huh. to make sure it's tight. Sometimes you have to roll it right in tight. Sometimes you got to swing out. Sometimes you got to step and move. So it's, it's a lot of techniques. Okay, so Liza, how many times, how many nights do you dance?
6: Okay, here's the current situation. (laughs) So when we had a dance troupe, we were out there like six to seven nights a week. Mm -hmm. However, I've put myself in dance prison so that I can work on my music album right now. (laughs) Otherwise, (laughs) I will only be dancing. So we're at like two to three nights a week.
1: Two to three nights a Mm -hmm. week, you're in dance timeout. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Nicole, how often do you hit the dance floors?
2: Oh, No. Uh, I, there's a, there are a lot of beautiful dance opportunities for salsa almost every night of the week. Um, I teach three. I teach two nights of the week. I host an event at Rhythm and Spice on Tuesdays. There's Rudy's on Mondays. There's Plaza Mariachi on Thursdays. There's um, there's studio socials on Saturdays and Fridays. And you know we just we we hop around. So there's dancing almost every night of the week that people can come out and dance salsa or bachata with us.
1: All right, now yeah. Eliza, what do you love most about partner dancing?
6: Oh, that's such a hard question. Oh, I know, right? The favorite question. Um, I just love communicating the music. Mm. I'll, I'll put that as one. Like the the joint connection through the music and expressing music with the co creator. Mm. And my secondary is the fashion because. Where else am I gonna get to dress this extra? Like,
3: <laughs> and, she, and she she I is always it. sharp. She has she has tons of accessories. She's always sharp. Always Thank sharp. you, Ron. What's your favorite part about partner dancing? Walking into a place like the American Legion or like a uh, Motown Monday or Plaza Mariachi, and being able to be the thermostat of the room, right? I, I can control the narrative while I'm there, which means that I'm gonna elevate the the morale. Just like I do on a basketball court, because I love basketball. That's just what we I know. Do. But, we but it, it, yeah, <laughs> we don't play. But no, what happens is, you know, to make sure that everybody's, to, you know, we're very present to be present, to be, uh, to be, just throw myself in it. You know, the the amount of expression that happens when you dance is just the euphoria. Mm-hmm. It, it cannot be matched because the music is there.
1: That's dance enthusiast Ron D. Jones. He was joined by fellow dancer Liza Brennich, also known as Liza Lavolta. I love that name. Thanks to you both for being with us. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Nicole Ahima will stick with us through the break. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion about partner dancing around town and talk about what this kind of movement does for our bodies and our spirit. Join the conversation by tweeting us at ThisIsNashville, we'll be right back. Khalil E. Kelowna, and this is Nashville. We've been exploring the world of partner dancing in our city, and there's a lot more styles than just line dancing. Before the break, we learned about swing dancing and salsa. Now, let's explore some other forms of partner dancing with my next guests. Musician Laura May Sox teaches two-step and Cajun dancing at Honky Tonk Tuesdays, and Leon Berrios is a musician and dancer of many styles. Laura May, Leon, thanks for being here. Welcome to This is Nashville.
5: Thank you so much.
1: No, thank you. It's great to have you both. So let's start with Cajun dancing,
5: Laura What is that? Uh, it's it's actually the most. It's my favorite style of dancing. Um, you would you would dance two steps to each side, but there is a little bit of a hold on that second hold, so it's more of a feel thing, um, and your body is going to be very loose. And your feet are going to never leave the ground. So, it's it's very sexy.
1: So you're kind of sliding. Very much
5: slide. sliding. Oh, yeah.
1: How is that different from two-step?
5: Te- like Texas two-step, that would be more linear. So you'd be traveling around the room more and not moving to the side as much. And this step is going to be quick, quick, slow, slow. So. Okay. Like different, a, different patterns.
1: It's kind of like a oh, yeah. type of form of dance. Sensual, you would say. Very
5: sensual. Cajun dancing in Zydeco, very sensual.
1: Okay, now, Leon, you dance different styles like bachata, zouk, and kizomba. I want to run through each, starting with bachata. What is that? Well, bachata, first of all, is from Dominican Republic. You
7: know, it's a kind of a style of dancing which has its own music because it's created together, music and the dance, compared to some other dances like Zouk, which doesn't have their own music. But, yeah, it's, uh, describing it is a little uh, really hard. I was trying to put it together, you know, and, and, and so that people can see it. But it's, if I think it's culture, it's like family Mm. Uh, people get together. Bachata actually means getting together and having fun. And and that's bachata. You know, you dance with your mama, with your grandma, with your friends, with your girlfriend, with your wife, with your children. and But it's, it's probably one of the most accessible dances compared to salsa. Okay. Because of the beat. Because it's it basically straightforward and with a tap. One, two, three, tap. Five, two, three, tap. Although it's counting eights, one, two, three, tap. Five, six, seven, eight.
1: Gotcha. And, and you basically go side to side. Now you you also dance kizumba, which I've tried in in the past, and I, I remember that you get very, very close to your partner, <laughs> which is can be kind of hard. What sets this style apart? Yes, it, first is. The music, too, is the language, even
7: the origin of Kizomba and Zouk is more like related to the languages in Portuguese in general, although it's also in French, but we're not going to go that deep into that. Okay. But it, 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 the beat is also different and, and it's marked in in the music, for example, in, in Kizomba and Zouk feels more like, one, two, and three, four, and one, two and three, four, and mm. whereas the other kind of music feels more like bachata, for example, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So that makes you uh, the, the kind of footwork you do with those two dances is totally different and, and than then salsa and bachata. So and the closeness, as you said, so if you think doing a, an, an already a little complex footwork, being so close, it's so complicated in the beginning, in yeah. the beginning. Then it is
1: very easy, you know, a lot of fun. And it gets you really up in your head. The person who taught me Kizomba was my best friend's girlfriend, and she said, you have to get very close. And I was like, oh, I'm feeling weird about this. She just grabbed me and made me do it. <laughs> I ended up being in a competition about it. Um, tell me, how did you how did you first get into dancing? Into
7: dancing, is uh, as I said, is cultural for me. I'm from Nicaragua. And we grew up dancing and I was sharing an anecdote is that in Nicaragua, we have piñatas and since you are very young, you are not allowed to hit the piñata before dancing. So (laughs) so you're in there in front of everyone, you know, blindfolded and people start saying, que baile, que baile, meaning you have to dance. And there is music, so you dance before hitting the piñata. So you you start training at a very young age. But my mama was also an instructor. So she would do, believe it or no, we would dance to Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer. When wow. When we were very, yeah, my mom, Ice ice Baby and yeah, can't yeah. touch this. Yeah, in <laughs> Latin America, you know, and and also my mom would play salsa. But for us, was a little more like, that's all people's music, you know, wow. salsa and cha-cha. And that was like, and I would say uh, jokingly, or we have joke, that's my grandma's music. And that's my mama's music. But now... Coming to the United States, I realized that is that's part of the whole being a Latino in in the United States. And you get in contact more and more with salsa, bachata, cha-cha and all these great instructors that we have, including Nicole in in, in Nashville, you know, and and you you take advantage of that.
1: Now, Laura May, how about you? How did you get into dancing?
5: I started when I was probably five years old, uh, square dancing. And... um, during square dances, you do a waltz, and the waltz was always my favorite part. And that's when you're gonna like stay with the same partner, build a connection, and um, from there, I started Cajun two stepping and Zydecoing and Texas two stepping.
1: Just kept going. Kept going. You know, dancing—it's like this wonderful display of self-expression, and it can feel kind of like a meditation, right?
5: One hundred percent. I th- I love this. You never see someone with their phone while they're dancing. And in my class that I've been teaching for nine years, twice has ever someone had a phone in my class. And one person was very in love, so I understood. He had to text that girl. We've <laughs> learned this new move.
1: We gotta do it. Now now how does how does dancing allow us to relax and just express ourselves?
5: Oh, you get out of your head and in your body. So I think that's in this day and age a very rare thing and it's it sparks so much joy and having like this connection with your body with another person and you're expressing that connection with music it just shows you how interconnected everyone is Mm -hmm. and the dancers around you and nothing is better.
1: If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Khalil lake We're talking partner dancing this hour, and salsa dancer Nicole Ahima is still with us. Now, Nicole, let's talk about what dance can do for our bodies and spirits.
2: What do you think? <sighs> That's a loaded question. It can do so much. It can do everything. Um, for your body, obviously, there's the physical benefits. You're moving your body, you're sweating, you're um You're doing great things for your health, cardiovascular system, moving your muscles, muscle tone, all of those things. But for your spirit, it's so it can do so many things. I think the one thing that a lot of people don't or one thing that I think of a lot is that your emotions get stored in your body. So if you don't express emotions, if you hold in your cries, if you hold in your anger, all that gets stored in your body in certain places and moving that a lot of people, if they don't dance, if they don't move, they don't hike, they don't row a boat, they don't, you know, they're not active in their body. Whenever you start dancing, that stuff starts to co- starts to come out. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it can be a very spiritual, very emotional, very clearing experience for people. Um, I think that it connects you to yourself more because you do get out of your head and into your body and you get into your heart and you really f- are connected with another person in their energy and that can be so healthy and so beautiful for your spirit just to connect for with somebody despite anything else that's going on in the world despite any um racial economic socio background whatever it's just you and this other person communicating to an eight count beat and just moving together it can be so divine Mm -hmm. you know
1: I was thinking about what you what you're saying. I, I think we've all seen it. People like at, at the dance clubs, mm-hmm. and they're kind of like dancing by yourself. You're sweating. You're just letting it loose. I yes. think that's what that song last night, "The DJ Saved My Life," was all about. Mm. Allowing people to fully express themselves through that. How does what happens when you're partner dancing though? And you have some kind of maybe unworked trauma or or some of these energies you were talking about to work through. What should you keep in mind if you're going to dance with a partner and you don't want to waylay them with, The stuff you've been holding back.
2: Um, I think that when you're in the partnership, it's just it's such a beautiful space. And then it's usually after you remove yourself that all of that stuff gets worked up. Mm -hmm. Um, But in that moment, well, actually, I'll take that back. Some people do have a hard time connecting because of whatever emotional, uh, you know, block that they may have. And so some people I think it's just a very dance is a very sneaky way of making you deal with yourself. (laughs) because you might not realize that you have a block connection with somebody, but you're dancing and you're like, I think I really like this, but I don't know why. And you might struggle, like you might go back and forth in your head, but ultimately you're there and it transmutes into your life. Like maybe you are a bit cold or more reserved with people in life. And when you start dancing, it starts, you start warming up a little bit. Melt
1: that all away. Now, now Leon, how do the rhythms in music guide you toward the style of dance? You know, that's
7: probably... The main thing for me, it's like that connection with the rhythm and distinguishing, you know, even sections of music to realize that you can adapt your dancing to that specific, uh, you know, rhythm. And as I, as I said, the section of that music could be, ch- could change the whole dynamic of what you are doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Bachata or Salsa and, and, and you, and and for me, having that, that skill, extra skill on, on understanding The music helps me. And for example, someone told you that I was going to bring my clave, right? Yes, please. Give us an example. that's the backbone of everything. So if you (laughs) understand this, you understand salsa fully. Give us an example, please. And for example, in salsa, you have two parts of the clave. The one that is called 3-2 and the other one is called 2-3. Meaning, that is a 3-2 because it has three beats in the beginning and two at the end. And Uh then you have a 2-3, which is...
2: Two
7: three
2: five and eight two
7: three, but there five, is a silence in the beginning in the second part, and that could throw off people a mm-hmm. lot because it's one two three, one two three, five six, seven. Eight. And depending on the when you are at in the events to start dancing, mm-hmm. if you get in a different place, you're gonna be crossed, and the music and the bass will be hitting a different place. Mm-hmm. You can still dance it. But you are not gonna be feeling the same feeling that you, the other partner is, or what is trying to do with you. So mm-hmm. the movement, right? Yes, Nicole. That's that's the part of the essence. And when you feel that you, if it is even hard to get to create the connection, if it if you're not feeling the clave, yes. And every instrument around is is playing based on the clave.
1: Man, so talk to talk to me about this energy. So you're in rhythm, yes, with your partner. Yet you and your partner are in rhythm with everyone else, in mm-hmm. absolute dance
7: floor. harmony with everything, and the bass with the campana, the campana with the drums, the drums with this, and if if there, there is something going on that is not following the clave, we would say está cruzado. Está cruzado means that you are not playing. Or you should, and the whole band will look at you like, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> you know, listen to all this. It really feels like partner dancing could create and bring about world peace. It should. It, it can, can. Yes. It definitely <laughs> can. So, Laura Mae, like, talk to me about some of the best places in town to go two-stepping and doing some Cajun dancing.
5: Well, in town, there's not much Cajun dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that mostly in Louisiana. But there's a lot of Texas two-step and Tennessee two-step. Um, What's
1: the difference between Texas two-step and Tennessee two-step? It's
5: just a different step. Um, the Tennessee two-step in Texas, they call it the lazy two-step. Um,
1: oh, I know. Showing shade. Fire. Hard <laughs> shade.
5: Um, you go to the left. So it's like a step, slide, step, slide. Then you go to the right and hold. And then the Texas two-step is going to be quick, quick, slow. Slow, with your left foot, your right foot, your left foot, your right foot. So just okay. a different pattern.
1: All right. All right. Now, we, yeah. we got a tweet from Susan Kervra. She says, Nashville has a great contra dancing scene. And she points out that there's an event tonight at Second Presbyterian on Belmore. And she also says, quote, contra dancing is like those dances in Pride and Prejudice mixed with square dancing. And swing, end quote. <laughs> have any of you done contra dancing? Yes.
2: I have not uh, done contra dancing, but I know <laughs> people either. who have, What's and it, they love it. She ain't about Laura what May. she just
5: said. Um, so you have a string band playing, and you have a caller. So unlike the dancing that we mostly do, you have this caller up there calling the dance. So you'll dance a reel. There'll be two lines of people, and you change partners every move. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah.
2: So, wow! I know a lot of spinning, a okay. lot of spinning. The Latin yeah. equivalent is called Casino yeah, Rueda. Casino
7: Rueda, yeah. and I, I do that. It's like in Rotonia, used to dance. she did. She, said, she did contra, a contra. That's how dance, she started, and she cool. dances Casino Rueda, and I dance Casino Rueda, and
1: that's uh, yeah. There's change a color, partners change every partners, a color. Yeah.
5: yeah, and the collar is fast.
1: The caller is yeah. so you got to oh, be yeah. on your. Uh, literally, on your toes. You I'm sorry be- <laughs> for the pun. Uh,
2: <laughs> we'll, t- we'll allow it. <laughs>
1: okay. Now, is there a dress code involved in two-stepping, Laura, Mae?
5: Uh, okay, so in Louisiana, the couples match. They like If Nicole and I were partners, we would be both wearing red shirts, white pants. We'd try to match. It's precious. <laughs> okay. I love it. Um, in Texas, that's pretty common, too. But here, definitely not. Just wear whatever you want. The main thing, and I've heard this over and over again in this um, conversation, is you want your shoes to slide. Okay. That's the most crucial element. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wear whatever you want. Wear something that makes you feel good, makes you feel attractive to yourself, and um, make sure your shoes don't stick to the ground. Don't yeah. be wearing your tevas.
1: Yeah. Ha- have you gotten to that level where you bring your dancing shoes with you?
5: Uh, I just make sure that I always have them on except for right now sadly
1: (laughs) (laughs) so so what do you want to know what nicole tell me this what do you want people to know about partner the partner dancing scene here in town
2: that it's welcoming, that everybody is welcome to all the styles of dance that we've covered here today. You don't have to be afraid. Um, something to point out though, is that dance is one of the top five fears in the world. Wow. Actually. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people find a lot of fright in that because they, you have to unveil yourself. I think subconsciously people know that you're really going to expose yourself. You're vulnerable. You're dancing with another person, but honestly, I think everybody that's spoken here today that is so welcoming in their classes, and we're we just we welcome you. We want you to be there. Every there's everybody's been a beginner at some point, and we will. There's no dancer left behind. We will work with you until you get it, until you feel mm-hmm. comfortable. And maybe if salsa's not it for you, we'll send you to bachata. If bachata's not it for you, we're gonna start a Cajun scene. If Cajun's not it for you, you can go and do Lindy. Like there's something for everybody, and we just all of us just want everybody. We want everybody to dance like said we're trying to instill world peace over here in our, mm-hmm. in our pocket of the world. So we want everybody to dance with us. Let, I think let, you're
5: my soulmate.
1: Yeah, I, we are soulmates. Nice. I love this. <laughs> I mean, just being with you all, if anyone is afraid of dancing, just listening to you all, and I wish you all could see the smiles that I see, <laughs> you will quickly shed yourself of that fear. I want to thank my guests, Laura May Sox. She was joined by federal dancers Leon Berrios and Nicole Ahima. Thank you all for being here. Thank you. And we'll see you on I the kiss, dance floor. Thank you. Yes, for sure. Thank you. Don't
7: forget your claves.
1: <laughs> 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 and thanks to you. Thank you for tuning in this hour. This is Nashville as a production of WPLM News and Nashville Public Radio. Today's episode was produced by a dancing Magnolia McKay. Our senior producer is Steve Harouche. Our digital lead is Anna Gallegos Cannon. Michaela Elias is our technical director. Our executive producer is Andrea Tuthope. The masterminds behind our theme music are LaRange and Namir Blade. You can listen back at thisisnashville.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And the conversation doesn't end here. Tweet us at thisisnashville. Find us on Instagram and tell us what you want from our show by filling out our quick survey online. This is Nashville. I'm Khalil Ecolona. We'll see you Monday, everybody, and be good to each other.